Hello and welcome to another episode of our Painting the Padres series. I'm Johnny Neinstead with Logan, as always. Well, the last Painting the Padres episode, the first one, was just about the best Padres news that either of us had ever gotten, acquiring Juan Soto at the deadline. And this one is probably the worst Padres news that either of us have gotten, that being Fernando Tatis Jr. being suspended 80 games for positive PED tests. Wow. I mean, absolutely nobody saw this coming. What are your first takeaways? What were your first thoughts when you heard it, Logan? My first, it wasn't even a thought. My first reaction, like, my heart just, like, dropped into my stomach. It's just the most, like, unprecedented news to get this point in the season when he's rehabbing so close to coming back it's the last thing on earth you expected I originally thought he must be hurt because I saw breaking news Fernando Tatis Jr and my mind went to you know oh crap he freaking got hurt or his shoulder subluxed again and it's out of its socket but no you see 80 game suspension and it's like how do you even process it was just weird to process because you just never expect Fernando Tatis Jr. to test positive for performance-enhancing drugs. You just don't. Yeah, I had the same reaction. I I was actually just pulling up the game on TV. It was an Apple TV game. I didn't see any notifications about it, but as soon as I opened, I, I started watching the game on TV, they were talking about, yeah, terrible news, you know, yada, yada. And, like, it took me a second to read the headline and then, like, oh, my gosh, just that was a terrible feeling. I was just uh, hoping it was a mistake, hoping, I don't even know, just in denial. But it happened, and it's not not going back. He's not appealing. So the first question is, do you buy his excuse? Do you really think it was ringworm? You know, it's so tough because... Like, until we really get a verified source other than his family versus what random Twitter doctors say, it's going to be tough to actually know. What we know now is there are certain verified doctors on Twitter who are saying that is not the steroid you would use to treat ringworm. Then again, those people will lie for clicks and views all the time, so that's not necessarily a great source then you got his parents who are, I mean, my goodness, drilling home the fact that it has to be this ringworm medicine. And, you know, it started off with his mom posting pictures of him with the ringworm and the medicine in the background on her Instagram. And then now it's gotten to the point where his dad's getting interviewed talking about it. And he's now blaming the barber who Tatis went to and got a haircut at, saying that the, the scissors that he used to cut his hair. Um, gave him the ringworm and that's why he had to use the medicine and you can't blame Fernando the only thing you can blame him for is not reading the label and making sure that it didn't have anything that would test positive in the Major League Baseball's performance enhancing drug tests but I mean like my goodness this is getting quite the elaborate setup here if it is a lie and if it's not I mean I guess I feel bad for him but I don't know, even if he's not lying, even if this is the truth, 
the fact that he's not really coming out and saying anything and that it's coming all from his parents and there's not really remorse. It's more like feel bad for me. It really, really is tough for fans to back that, I think. Yeah, we all want to hear from him. He hasn't spoken publicly. This came out three or four days ago, and he still hasn't spoken publicly. Um, we heard from Kevin Acey on Twitter that he plans to meet with the team, his teammates, um, and some front office people, I think, tomorrow. So that should be good. Hopefully we'll get some clarity from that. But, yeah, it's lame. Even if he isn't lying, he's, it's lame that his parents are doing all the talking for him. I really see I see three scenarios here. Either he's a cheater or he is a less of a cheater in that, you know, he was just trying to get back to the team, get healthy faster, you know, do it for that reason. Or, you know, he's telling the truth. But there's problems with all three of those explanations. And it just kind of come down comes down to which little you know twist are you going to believe because if we start from okay he's just cheating he's completely you know flaunting the 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 drug agreement and you know he's just he's roiding up he wants to get big and he wants to you know have more power etc well okay even if he is doing that i'm not even gonna go to the you know character like whether i think he would do that or not but if he is doing that and he gets caught, well, you have the perfect ready-made excuse to just say, hey, you know, I was really frustrated with my recovery. You know, I really wanted to get back out there for my boys. I want to win the World Series, you know. And yeah, yeah, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this, but it was all for the team. You know, I wanted to get back out on the field. And, you know, he wouldn't, it would still be bad, but his teammates would, I think, have a much more favorable reaction. And the fans, for sure, would as well. It doesn't change the fact that he's suspended, but that would have him in such in a much better light than it does now. So that's option one. It doesn't make sense, really, if that's the case, why he didn't say that. Option two is that that, that was the truth, that he was just trying to get back on the field, in which case the same thing is is kind of weird. Like, why wouldn't you just say that? Um, because again, that seems like a much better course of action than spinning this ringworm thing. And for the third one, you know, if he is telling the truth, if it is this ringworm, then why is he not, you know, spoken publicly about this? Why is he, you know, kind of hiding behind his parents' tweets about this? I don't know. It just doesn't really make sense. Neither of them, none of, none of these options make sense. And that's why, like, I, don't, I think, as you said, it'll take time and it'll take other people outside of himself and his family to really know what happened if we ever do. Right. And another thing with the whole ringworm scenario, like, again, if that is really what happened, he's got to know that he's got a whole team of paid professionals who he can send things over to and they can say, yeah, you're good or no, you're not. Like the Padres have so many resources. It's unbelievable. And I think that's a huge thing that has has come up now that we have this second issue with Tatis in the offseason or this season. A.J. Preller mentioned it 
there's going to have to be a time to sit down and rebuild trust with Fernando because they entrusted him with keys to the franchise in a sense. I mean, he's mm-hmm. supposed to be the face of it, right? Statue contract is all they talked about. Yeah. Um, and he even admitted he wanted one. He wanted that statue out um, beyond the outfield walls at some point. And now, I mean, there's just no chance he's going to get one unless, you know, he wins a six world series and people forget about this. But, you know, he has to now build the trust of AJ Preller because they trusted him to be an adult, right? They trusted him to take care of himself. They trusted when he said that his wrist was okay in the motorcycle accident. They trusted that those doctors over there that he, you know, abided by were saying that he was fine and that he was fine. The dude would have missed maybe a month of the season had he just come forward and said, yeah, I don't think my wrist is fine. You know, I think that Fernando has crushed trust within the organization and that is a huge huge thing when it comes to to sports especially when you give a guy a contract like the Padres gave Fernando and then you bounce the trust aspect off to arguably the most important people and that is the players themselves the Padres are not in the stage where they have a bunch of replacement guys who are going to be in and out they have Machado for another six years as long as he doesn't opt out they have Musgrove you know, they got Cronenworth, they got Grisham, you know, they have guys, Soto, like these guys are going to be here for at least another two years, if not more. And these are your mainstays of the franchise who have now come out publicly and, and voiced their frustrations and voiced their lack of trust in him. And whether or not they used the trust word, they were basically saying, we don't trust him. Yet at the same time, we don't need him. And I was curious kind of what you felt like the response from the players themselves came across but i personally thought that the players nailed it and in the exact way they have to go about doing it i 100 percent agree yeah that was that was the first thing that actually started to make me feel better about the situation because that's the only way that i can see this team going on to make a deep playoff run win the world series they have to have the mindset of we got here without him. We don't need him. If he's going to disrespect the game, that's not somebody we even want in this clubhouse anyway. And, you know, we'll show him that he's not as important as he thinks he is, and we can do it without him. That's really the only you got to have that, you know, that fire, that attitude, because he is undeniably top five player in the sport. You're never going to replace that, that production, you know, purely in a baseball sense. But if you have that, that hunger, you know, to, to prove him wrong, to, to get back at him, even that's, that can be powerful. You know, teams feed off that players feed off that 100%. And the players are going to have to, like you said, come together and realize, and I I feel like they have, but realize that this is not that big of a deal. Is it on paper? Maybe a big deal. Sure. But again, look at the Braves of last year. They did it without Acuna, who is their Tatis, right? Like, and, and while that team might have been a little bit more complete in certain aspects offensively and in their pen, that doesn't negate the fact that the Padres have a really, really good team, and I don't think they're that far off from that Braves World Series team of last year. Oh, I don't. I think this is a better team than the World Series, the Braves team last year, because well, there's if we don't finish with 88 wins, something will have gone or 89 wins, whatever they had last year, 
something will have gone seriously wrong these last few weeks of the season. And we haven't had Tatis all year. They had Acuna half the year last year. So, yeah, I think this is a better team than last year's Braves team. Obviously, I'm not saying that we would have won the World Series last year with this team. The playoffs are just crazy like that. But, yeah, this is a team that can win the World Series on paper. There's no doubt. Yeah, and they don't need Fernando. And I think the biggest part about this whole Fernando Tatis suspension thing is bigger than the team. It's bigger than the organization. He has tarnished his legacy to a much greater extent than, you know, an average player who gets a popped for PEDs or even a really good player who gets mm-hmm. popped. He was such an influence on the entire city. I mean, I have personal experience dealing with young kids um, as a as a youth baseball coach, man, I, I'm coaching these seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve year old kids. And when I'm telling you last year um, during the season that every single one of those kids was dying to be Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, he was an idol to ninety percent of the kids, and the other ten percent it was Machado. So. You're looking at 90% of these kids who all they want to do is beat Fernando. Anytime that he hit a home run and had a bat flip, that was the bat flip that they were practicing. Like, they loved him. I have multiple families that I'm now pretty close with where their kids have, like, shrines of Tatis in the room with, like, seven or eight, you know, baseball cards and jerseys and hats and bobbleheads just on their mantles and dressers because these kids just loved him. And you know that these kids are never going to be able to fully grasp and understand what he did. But the frustrating part to me is he, he is able to grasp and understand what he was doing. And he has crushed so many kids, so many people. I mean, he was given the keys to the city, man. And he just threw it away. He really did. Yeah. And that's like, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, I don't believe that he did it because honestly at this point I do, but it is just hard to believe that he can be that, you know, detached from reality to throw that away. He can't have, you know, he can't have not thought it was a big deal. (laughs) You you know, it's not, it's not the excuses of the nineties anymore. No. And the immaturity that he has is only highlighted more by the maturity of Soto because they're the exact same age. And you see Juan Soto and how he carries himself and how he understands what he means to people, fans, kids, organizations, teammates. And you can see in the way that he plays the game that he knows that he is one of the best players on the planet. But there's times where I look at him and how he plays and and so hard and you would think that he's a journeyman who just got called up. Like there's so many aspects about Soto with the maturity and the way he plays and the understanding of the, the stature of a individual that he is, that makes you think that he's a 32 year old veteran who has been through the league for 10 years. But then you look at his counterpart in Tatis and you're like, how are they the same age? Cause Tatis acts like a 17 year old. And you got Soto acting like a twenty or a twenty-nine year old. Like they're 
it only highlights and makes it worse for Fernando because now Padres fans especially can say, hey, we got Soto. You have no excuses because look at what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's not to say that Tatis doesn't play hard, but the maturity level, you know, from when he injured himself twice during his rookie season and the Padres front office talked to him and said, you know, hey, you know, we don't want to we don't want to change who you are as a player, but for your own good, you need to tone it down a little bit. And what did he do the next season? He subluxed his shoulder five times, like still diving headfirst. And I don't know. Looking back on it now with this hindsight, you kind of criticize his actions more. It's only natural. But yeah, it, it does seem like looking back that he's been a bit cavalier with his position on the team and for the city no doubt and so let's look at it though from perspective too that while yes we have Soto we also have Manny Machado who in a sense is on the other end of the spectrum of Soto where he came up as a star player and he did a lot of things albeit not cheat but he did a lot of things that raised eyebrows and people considered dirty and he was a hothead, and, and there were some things that he did that were dirty plays. I don't think he was a dirty player, but he did do a couple things that were like, really, dude? But he had to mature and go through that maturity process, and it took him until he was 27, 28 to really figure that out. And now you look at him, and, and mostly Padre fans will attest to this, and unless you watch him consistently, you you might have a different perspective. But, I mean, my goodness, is he one of the most mature calm cool collected guys and he knows his stature he knows that people look up to him he knows his teammates look up to him he knows what rookies are looking up to him and and he handles it so well your hope is at this point you can't go back and change what Tatis has done um through the you know handful of immature things and and kind of being cake the topping of the cake right now with the suspension but you just hope that he comes back from this and can have a slow progression of maturity because if he doesn't, I mean, there's just going to be a, his legacy is just done. I mean, he, he, in my opinion, he has a chance to save his legacy. He does. But if he doesn't come back fairly soon, then he's not going to be able to save it. Yeah. And kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, he would have been fine like his his legacy barely would have been tarnished at all if he just said hey you know i made a mistake but i just wanted to get healthy faster i was i wanted to get back on the field for my boys wanted to go out there and and win the world series like people understand that but if you come out spouting some story about ringworm obviously people are going to doubt it and honestly another thing it seems like such a cock and bull story that almost lends credence to the idea that it's true because it seems so outlandish. You know, you have, as I've said, you had this perfect excuse sitting right there. Why would you go for this random thing with the ringworm when you could have just said that? And another thing is the Players Association, I mean, they've got to be doing a little digging on this i don't know you know they published the statement that tatis that tatis made they published it on his behalf and you've got to think that the the players association management 
they've got to be doing a little bit of research into this. And I, they shouldn't be publishing a, a story that they think is bullshit. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't, but maybe they didn't look into it. But that seems like something that they should have looked into. No, I'm sure they did. And, and I don't necessarily think that it's 100% certain that the ringworm story isn't false. Or, or sorry, that isn't true. My biggest issue is, and like you were mentioning, he just has handled everything so poorly. And the reality is he can come out and be, yeah, this is what happened. But at the same time, I, I screwed up. And I really, really hurt my team. And I really, really hurt this city. And I understand the the impact that I can make, not only on the field, but for for fans and for my teammates and I want to apologize and I want to come out publicly in front of a camera and, and look everyone in the eye and tell everyone that I messed up and I know I have to learn from this and I know there's nothing I can do at this point but put my head down and stay quiet in the shadows and, and let my team go do their thing and win a World Series. But he's chosen the route of I'm going to release a robotic statement and it's going to have an excuse littered paragraph and then my parents are going to speak for me on my behalf on social medias and on random interviews. And I'm just going to sit here and say nothing. And I'm not going to let any sort of PR team help me out here. Um, I mean, you can't tell me that he couldn't ask his agency, who for sure has a PR team to help him out with something. Like, I'm just so dumbfounded that nobody's looked him in the eyes and said, Fernando, you need to go out in public right now and clear everything up. Because... The longer that he waits, the more these stories come out and the more these theories develop and the public view of him is just going to get worse and worse and worse. And while that necessarily shouldn't be the most important thing to him, it should be what his teammates think, he should have been had talked to his teammates. This should not take this long. No, 100%. The, the biggest thing in PR is who speaks first. Whoever gets the first story out there is always going to be believed more in the public eye because whatever stories are published after that, whatever opinions are made public after that, always seem a little bit like rebuttals, you know, just coming out afterwards and saying, no, 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 this is what happened. And that just doesn't lead to as much believability. So, I mean, yeah, we're just beating a dead horse at this point, but he had to just go out in public at the first opportunity, you know, go live on MLB Network, something. But he hasn't, and I don't know why he hasn't. I hope he does soon, because I, I want to believe him. I want to, you know, go back to liking him. But at this point, next year in May or whenever he makes his debut, I'm planning on booing him at Petco Park at least once just to make sure he knows how he hurt San Diego. Yeah, and especially if we don't win a World Series. Like, and, and imagine imagine this scenario, right? Imagine we go out there and we miss the playoffs by a game. Like, you can look at Fernando. You can. You can't tell me that he's not the difference of at least one game. And so that's really tough pill to swallow. And I can say this. The only scenario in which he's not getting booed by me is if we win the World Series. I mean, that's really it, because if we become short in any way and there's any sort of sense that he could have made a difference, because you know when he's on the field, 
the impact that he can make. He can carry a team, and he's one of very few players in the entire league that can, but he can carry an offense for a game. It's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough. And one other thing I want to say about his going out and speaking in public, and we can kind of move on from that topic, he better come out and sound genuine because if he comes out reading a script, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. And I know other everyone else will too. And I just, I just have this gut feeling that he is. I just have this gut feeling that he's not getting good advice and he's going to come out and read the script. Because he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't shown any genuineness at all yet. None. None at all. Exactly. I don't think we can trust whoever's telling him what to do. Because it's sure as heck not him, I can tell you that much. This isn't him. Because if it was him, I don't think that he ends up getting caught for steroids. Because I don't think he's the one who was given this stuff. Whether it's the ringworm or it was actually him trying to heal himself, I don't think he knowingly took steroids. I really don't. I think whoever gave it to him, a.k.a. his father, knew exactly what he was doing. Because you can't tell me that his father, who played in the steroid era, who had one random season of 30-plus home runs on the same team as Mark McGuire, didn't have something to do with steroids. I just refuse to believe it. And I can also see a likely scenario being, hey, son, here's some cream that we used back in the 90s that really helped guys. Because the thing he tested positive for is an extremely popular and common steroid that get that baseball players get popped for. And it was made in the 80s. Like, that's what they used in the 80s and 90s. So, I don't know. I feel like that could be a highly likely scenario as well if it's not the anabolic uh, ringworm steroid that his dad... I just I just really struggle to believe that Tatis went out and, and was seeking steroids. I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, unless it's... Like, I don't even want to consider this, but, like, unless his entire career is in doubt, um, which I don't think is possible for the simple reason that I think MLB drug tests are too good for that. They've, they have a pretty good record over the last decade plus. You don't hear players complaining about, you know, oh, I think there's guys under the radar that are getting away with this. You know, like you look at even like the sticky stuff last year when that was cracked down, you'd heard for years rumors like, oh man, guys are cheating. Guys are beating the system here. And you don't hear that at all about steroids. So I think MLB is doing a good job with their testing. And I think that this was you know, the first time that Tatis was tested with it in his system. So, yeah, that would definitely lend credence to that that idea. Yeah, and like, and like you said, if there's any sort of controversy on whether the steroid testing was valid or invalid, Tatis might be the top three last guys on earth that Major League Baseball will want to have positive. Absolutely. Like, they understand his value. Absolutely. Um, and so... This, if anything, cements the fact that they do it very seriously and they take it very seriously and are not going to do anything to jeopardize the fairness and competitiveness of their game when it comes to steroids. So, you know, unlike what his dad said today, that baseball is going to lose millions of fans now without Tatis, <laughs> um, they did the right thing. And viewership will continue to rise for the Padres this year because when you win, it doesn't matter if Tatis are, is on the field or not. Yep. Exactly. Well, alrighty then. So we've touched on this Tatis topic for for a while now, and I think that at the end of the day, both Johnny and I agree that he has a legacy that he's going to have to rebuild. But when it comes to the immediate present time, 
he's got to figure something out here and, and come out as genuine. But at the end of the day, we're Padres fans, and we're going to root for the players on the field. And those players on the field have come out and given us answers and comments that we are confident in. And I think at the end of the day, we trust them to get the job done. So, yeah. And, you know, I said I'd boo him, but that's, you know, that's to send a message. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to cheer just as loud when he hits a home run on opening day. You know, I just want him to know how much he hurt this city and this team. 100%. So thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, give us a follow on our socials, Twitter, at the PTC pod and our Instagram at painting the corners pod. Thank you guys so, so much for listening and hopefully the Padres can play well down the end stretch here and, and cement themselves in the playoffs. And I'm sure we will be forgetting about this whole suspension thing here. If they can get a ring. I sure hope so. Yeah. We'll come back in a, a week or so with a Padres preview for the, the postseason push. But until then, We'll see you later on Painting the Padres. Later.